You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Africa. This is Murps. Hello. Um, I hope you guys are good. Um, let's talk about uh, leaderboards again. <sighs> Yeah, we're going to keep this one real short. We're going to keep it short because nothing's really happened in the arena during this time. So we thought so we thought there's probably going to be an update. Um, maybe it's coming on, on Tuesday, but it's just been, it's been like three weeks now since the release. So initially we're really happy, right? Because they gave an update within like three days uh, and it, it, Fixed a lot of uh, the launch issues, like the, not certain cars not appearing. It uh, lowered the offering rates of some of the neutral cars that definitely needed the offering rates lowered. Although, you know, note that the highest, I don't know, four um, uh, neutral cards in terms of win rates right now uh, are, have not had their offering rates reduced because they all discover something or is named Mothership. Uh, oh, sorry. Mothership had it reduced. I take that back. Three of the four did not have their offering rates reduced. Mothership did. Uh, and if you look, Mothership is the current highest uh, rare or common uh, card on, on win rate on HS Replay. Just, just such an insane card. Just, it's like right next to school teacher, the like mid nerf school teacher. Anyway, the discover cards are still unnerfed. I'm not saying they're gonna nerf it when it comes, right? Like, there's. Some people who like it unnerfed, even though these cards are destroying the arena and they make games unfun and they just are the same things over and over again, right? Like if the neutral package is just discover spells and you just have three neutral common cards that do the same thing. I don't know. Is that variety? That feels like a, uh, a real technical definition of, of variety. Um, but uh, regardless, um, it's been a long time now since they've actually had the update. I really thought the... Uh, the, the update that I'll do the first class adjustments and like an additional um, card adjustment uh, offer for offering rates would have been here by now. And it just hasn't been. It, uh, so we started off with a good quick adjustment, but the follow-up just kind of hasn't been there. And this game launched on this, uh, this meta launched on the 14th. By the normal two-week adjustment period when they normally do the class adjust. Uh, sorry, not the 14th. Yeah, wait, hold on. Is it the same? Oh my god, February 14th and March 14th are both Tuesdays. Okay, anyway, uh, so it launched on February 14th, and normally around the 28th would be when they have the, uh, the first class adjust. And the 28th is gone and over with, and they have not had the class adjust. And I don't know if it's happening on this Tuesday, but they really need to do something at this point. Like, it's not like the class, uh, it's not like Mage is like super dominant or anything, but like, why not make things better? Like, just because the meta's not falling apart doesn't mean you don't provide an update three weeks after release. This is like... Like, I feel like they did a real good job with the pacing of the updates, and then they just kind of stopped doing stuff. Or, they're you know, it's getting clogged up somewhere. So, we're not... We basically haven't... We were too optimistic, right? We're like, hey, this is a great. We got, we got to fix immediately like we were asking for. Well, the follow-up has been super slow. This isn't a, you do one update fast, you can do the next update slow kind of thing. These are two different updates that are meant to adjust for different things. Um, so we're still missing the actual update that will bring us into the actual meta, right? This is still like mostly a kind of a test meta when they jammed all the things in standard together in the arena and see what would happen. 
Yep. Um, look, I, I think that they're, they just have limited resources. Uh, they just bumped out this arena leaderboard thing. And that's kind of enough for now. Um, we know that just from looking at all the modes and kind of the state of where the game is across all the modes, just a good amount of work has to be done. Um, I, I mean, I see all these complaints on Twitter about Wild, about this, about that. So I think it's just like a, a resource issue right now. And they just think that the leaderboards are enough, um, in which case the meta does need to be changed a little bit. I mean, is it like... Okay, I don't care if it's a resource issue. You gotta do something with Arena, right? Like, even if Arena's not the focus, that's been, what, two weeks that they could have, like, done, like, a little bit of discussion on it, like, circled a few cards, a few classes, made some adjustments. This is not rocket science, and they don't have to, like, do it in the best way possible, right? Like, their first mini adjustment was really minor, and it was really good. Right, because it, it it was done like immediately. Um, this next adjustment, it's still like I don't know. I'd rather have it in a timely manner than to to have it delayed till who knows when and have whatever quality it has. Like these adjustments are like I guess you want to make sure you don't like totally mess up, but I don't know. Just nerf mage a tiny bit, right? Bring up well, what's on the bottom, warlock and warrior or something. Um, it's it's really not. Yeah, like Warlock and Demon Hunter. It's uh, it's really not rocket science to move things closer a little. And then take another pass at the neutrals. You know, maybe maybe we really don't need three neutral commons that all discover spells and are three mana. And are on curve cards. Maybe we don't need that. Maybe they can be reduced by some offering percentage. And you would still have the ability to discover spells without overcrowding the, the meta with it. I don't know. Like these don't take this doesn't take that much time or that much resources. I mean, I don't think so either, but I, I have no idea, right? I don't I don't know their process over there. There could be a lot of red tape for these things. So this is where we're at right now. Um it's not the worst meta ever. Uh I think some people are a little bit frustrated by it. I think right now the skill debate is hot. If you go on Arena HS, if you just talk about it, like, in streams as well, the topic from last week, which, like, we didn't start that topic. We were, like, carrying on mm -hmm. that topic, right, mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of people are focusing on. It's still ongoing. Um, and I think that this is a good meta to use as an example for it because if you look at the win rates of which, hey, look, more people are on the leaderboard now, right? We have even more of... Uh, mm, kind of a, a well, sample. we're at three weeks, you should be on the leaderboard now if you're yes. like a, a like hardcore player of the arena. Not like a super crazy person that plays the arena, but like just a normal person yes. who plays a lot of arena. And, I mean, look, the most surprising thing is there are... Look, if you go to the Arena Americas, you know what it says? The top 4,207. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of alt accounts by, uh, by uh, you know, Mr. 9.4. Um, Mr. 9.4, by the way, is not doing that bad. His main account is number 7 right now. Dreads is number 7 right now in the Americas with 6.5, which is, like, really good. I think I think that's about as good as it kind of gets. There are people who are higher, obviously. Dreads is number 7. If you look at number 1, it's Neogreg at 7.33. Uh, Moo is at 7.29. Uh, and uh, F, who, you know, we talked about Moo last time. 
and uh, Effa Bonovic. Uh, I don't know if he's in chat right now, but he's at seven. He was talking about he he was gonna come in pretty high, and uh, he's number three right now. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are you know these are really good um, average win rates for your first uh, thirty runs in this but, meta. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fantastic. Th- that's the qualifier, right? Like in this meta, if you these would not be the top three in God. I want to say any of the metas that we've had in the past. Um, now, part of it is because this meta does not actually have a dominant class. Mage is not that dominant at all. Um, Mage is only kind of dominant. And in a lot of metas before, I would say most metas were less class balanced at the top than it is right now. So that always skews things a little bit. But also just, it's all the craziness that happens, right? It means that you can get very high win rates, but your chances of getting them are lower, and so it takes more reps to get there. So people have to start creating new accounts for this leaderboard, and the vast majority of people won't do that. And the people who do do that will have to do it a much larger amount of times because of the more craziness that, that happens. Um, this meta, uh, more so than some other metas, um, you have a real risk of going 0-3 with... Uh even just a decent deck. The 0-3 risk is very, very high. Uh, look, I've been watching Dredge's stream. Oh, <laughs> 0-3 and also 0-2s. Like, 0-2s have happened quite a lot for him. And we can joke about, you know, that, that's because it's deserved and his good luck is finally running out and he's getting exposed. And I could talk about that for hours. But, look, it happens a lot. Um, Judge tweeted out that on his tryhard account, uh he got an 0 and 3 and he's like well what do i do and it's sort of well look the 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 min maxing says what you should do is start a new account but also mm-hmm. every single account like you not getting an 0 and 3 in 30 runs in this meta you, yeah you got lucky like we're talking about a very very skilled player and judge um but i can confidently say it's like oh you went 30 runs without an 0 and 3 Good job. Like, you you definitely lucked out a little bit there, too. Yeah, and without retiring, of course, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because retiring here would count as a 0 and 3. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you're looking at the meta and you're like, oh, hey, last time we were talking about Mu at 7.3 as the top. Is anyone beating him? Neo Greg is at 7.33, technically beating Mu. He's number one right now. But basically, no one beat Mu. One person, Neo Greg, kind of tied him and, like, upped him a tiny bit. F. Ivanovic is next at 7, which is a significant point below 7.3. And then Mr. Chen after that is 6.8. And then Sniped after that is 6.56. So these are like outlier uh, accounts and uh, numbers that have, you know, gotten lucky and are very skilled players. If you look at like just people that we know are super good and we consider top tier arena players, their numbers haven't changed. Judge was 6 last time. He's still 6 right now. Um, Isherwood wasn't on, uh, didn't finish his 30 runs yet last time. He's 5.9 right now. Uh, Team America, who was 6 last time we checked in, um, told us uh, that he will beat Moog. Uh He is now uh, 5.8, so he dropped 0.2. Um, this is what happens. Like, this is, so, uh, like, when people come in with the, with the higher win rates, like, there's going to be more and more, like, outliers that come up. But your average, like, really top-tier player they're not going to be able to get a high win rate in this meta, or even like what you would normally consider. Like, six is super low. If you told me a year ago that some of the top players are going to average six wins per run in the meta, I'd be like, oh my god, what is this terrible meta? Like, in my mind, it would feel even worse than this current meta. But that's what's happening. 
And if you look at the top, uh, you do have some players that are able to hit it, but you you're kind of have this, uh, this, this split. And the top players that hit it, it's unclear if they can continue it in any meaningful way because they all stop playing as they should because that's how these leaderboards work. Um, so the one thing, um, I'm, I'm going to turn now to Europe. And, uh, you know, me and Murphs are, are America's players. We live in the U.S., we play in the Americas, and we have long believed, but rarely said out loud, that the America server is way harder to, to get a good score in than the European servers, obviously, while half of our chat vehemently disagrees. I think this leaderboard, now that it's live and it's come out, it's not like the past leaderboards didn't already show this trend, but this is stark now. Like, with these live leaderboards, you look at the top 25 players, in Europe, the cutoff is like 6.67. By the way, the, the number of players who have done 30 runs is about the same in North America, sorry, in Americas and, uh, and in Europe. But the cutoff for number 25, which is the first page of the leaderboard in Europe, is 6.67. And in Americas, it is 6.11. That's like a 0 0.5 difference. You look at the top in Americas, and it's two players at around 7.3, Neil, Greg, and Moo. You look at Europe, and the top players are at 7.8. And it's Zinzi Bar and random Chinese name. Coast right afterwards. We'll talk about Coast more afterwards. Uh, at 7.6. Um, so basically, if you are a really good player in Europe. Um, or versus America. You're just getting spotted. Like half a, a win. On your record. So if you're a really good player. And you're playing in America's. And you're trying to compare yourself to someone who's playing in Europe. You can just add half a win to that. Doesn't matter if you're in the top of the leaderboard or if you're like number twenty-fifth, <laughs> right? Like the differential is pretty clear. It's about half a win. Okay. Um, so I'm not saying all European players suck or anything. I'm just saying the equivalence. There's no equivalence here. This is a, a pretty clear indication that it's just harder for whatever reason, right? Maybe players in the Americas, like, you know, draft more aggressively and have more bust decks, but also have more, you know, hit decks. So you run into those more. Maybe players in Americas are just better at the game than European players. I don't know, right? There could be all sorts of explanations. But what we do know is that it is harder for a player to get a higher win rate than for a player in the European servers. And it is harder by 0 0.5. At least at the top end-ish. Right? I'm not even just talking... I'm not, like, cherry-picking the top numbers. I did number 1, I did 25, you top 50 if you want. It's the same. It's half a win. So, look. This argument has been... Oh. Has, has been discussed quite a few times. And the thing is, we don't... Uh, okay, look. Because you say, uh, oh, um, you know... NA is harder because, you know, look at these numbers. Uh, people have responded with, that's because EU is just overall harder, sort of, at the top. No. Um, but what does it mean that they have, like, you know, like their top person is high. It's like, th that person is just that good. Like, the field is harder, well, that's why and their the top, top person 25. is just... I can go to the top 50. You could look at any of these. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like they're saying... My data here. Yeah, the argument of which, by the way, I'm not taking a side here, okay? I think this entire argument is dumb. And that the like we would need actually more stats. I think. Oh, of course, to... of course. This is a smaller sample size, and you need to make a firm conclusion. But this is pretty suggestive. In fact, <laughs> if you look at players who are on both leaderboards, Snipe is a great example. He's top ten on both leaderboards. In Europe, he's seven point one, and in Americas, 
He is 6.56. Oh, is that a 0.5 win differential of the same exact player playing on two different servers? I'm telling you, I'm not cherry picking these things. This is any which way you look at these. This is all in your face. It's all live updated. So we have the most up-to-date information. Um, I just just don't know what what European players who think that they have as competitive of a server as uh, as the American servers have left to fall back on. I think the argument is 95% settled at this point with with these leaderboards. (laughs) I'm I'm not touching this, okay? Those of you (laughs) out there, uh, this is not even worth the time. Because the arguments, uh, there's no new arguments here. It's all, and if you're not aware of it, I don't know, just search up an old thread on Arena HS or something. I'm not going to touch this because it's all rehashed stuff. And this is just not something I have the energy for today. Because this argument is true me as old Top as the 50, leaderboard themselves. 5.78 versus 6.16. Oh, God, no. Do we want to go to top 100? No, just stop, dude. Just stop. I, I don't, like, this is all, like, you're not bringing any new arguments here, right? This is all. I'm not. I'm, okay. not, I'm, yeah, not, I'm yeah. just saying we have more data now than we did oh, before, right? Yeah. A lot more data and a lot more, like, and live data. And now it's no longer necessarily top 30 over the course of a season, right? Now we're looking at, like, because the vast majority of these players, especially when you get out of the very top, they, they just keep playing on their accounts. Like, they're not... Like, the thing that we keep saying about um, how if you were a super tryhard, you would make new accounts. That's the only thing that makes sense. Obviously, the vast majority of these players, especially players who put an account out at number 25 or number 50, they're not doing that. That's a lot of work. Um, so, you know, you can, you, can just, you can just see how it plays out. Anyway. Anyway. Um... The, the the let's let's move on to our to our next one. I said we talk about this uh, afterwards, and and we, we we'll talk about it now. Uh, so Coast was number one on the leaderboard when he first hit the leaderboard. We first completed number thirty. He's number three now, but only by like a little bit. Like he's he's very close. Number one. Number one is Zinzabar uh, at seven point eight. Number three is Coast at seven point six three. So he made a great post on Arena HS. Um, I suggest everybody read that post. It is very long. I am going to give like a two-sentence summary that will not do it justice. You should really read the entire post. Because I think all of it is true. But it gets stretched a little. Like, his main theory, besides like just kind of explaining how he got there. But his main theory is uh, it's something that we brought up on this podcast before. He's not the only one that believes in it. Um, it is that Arena is becoming more like constructed. And when you draft your decks and when you play your decks, you should play them more with focuses on how to win the game, on what you have to do to establish your win conditions or to deny your opponent's win conditions and to draft in a way to support these crazy combos that before happened in Arena like once every few games and now happens in the Arena like two, three times a game. Um, And that means drafting a lot more cards that are generally lower value than if they were drafted independently in order to support this deck uh, that you're building. And if you do that, you will have a higher chance of getting more wins. Now, looking at the people who have done that, they do have good results. Um, But I think that if you look at, like if you look at the people who have done that versus the ones who have not done that, you get this kind of mixed bag where this style definitely works as well, but maybe only a little better, if at all better, than what I would call like a, a modified 
last year's style of arena, right? Not like whatever the hell was working two months ago. Because the meta is totally different. If you're still playing the game like you did two months ago, you have not adjusted at all. You, I don't know how you have not adjusted at all, but it just it is not it's not working at all. Right? But most players who play a more fundamental style have still adjusted in order to one focus, like at least in play, to focus more on um, on the uh, on the swings and uh, also in drafting to pay more attention to synergies, if not go kind of more all in onto certain like synergies with certain specific cards and building decks around like a very specific card whether you have it or not um the the number one comment in that thread is by yusa and it's very simple it says problem is luck dependent drafting if you don't get insane combos and mana cheating they have to go for decent value instead it becomes incredibly frustrating to see opponents generate uh like unbeatable board states um this is why it's the only three meta you know, like, yeah. well, this is why yeah. it's the on three meta. Yeah, um, you don't get those decks, right? Or when you start drafting these decks, the point of the point of drafting these highly synergized decks isn't to like wait until you get a really good card and then draft mm-hmm. synergies for it, because that is the old style of drafting. In the old style of drafting, nobody will say, "Hey, I already have." these super synergistic cards that'll be boosted by these other synergies. Let's not take that into account while we draft the rest of our draft and just take into account value. Nobody does that, right? You can go back to however long ago when like, like, uh, what's it? Hearth Arena. Like we first made Hearth Arena like back in the day. It was already doing that. And it was doing that from the very first, uh, the very first pick um where it assumes your average offering rate right and then once you pick it it'll know like what it is and adjust for it that's like its base function so that is not at all a new thing the new thing is you over assume more than your expected percent chance of being offering these really good and key cards you kind of go all in on it and say hey if i'm a hunter i'm gonna get blood letters with the understanding that one, it's kind of pretty common that I'll get blood letters. Well, let's say there's a 70% chance I get a blood letter uh, in the rest of my deck. I'm going to draft as if I have a 100% chance to get a blood letter. Because in those other drafts, it's probably going to be crap anyway. So, like, if you guys remember, um, many metas ago, I called it the Parrot meta. You know, when Paris first came out, and after all, people were just... Like, it became this, ar- uh, became this arms race in which the meta was such that you needed these... I, I won't even call it synergies. I, like, these sort of bombs, right? You needed bombs. You needed the big spell, and then you repeat it with the parrot. Um, and, like, we talked about it then, and it's like, this is just the way that, that the game is trending. That's even more true of that now. You know, we're, we're getting to the point now where... It's the super parrot meta. Well, first of all, you take a parrot without you having anything. Like nobody bats an eye at that, right? It's like, oh yeah, of course. You know, like you, you you take the parrot. It's 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 awesome, and you will get a spell. And if you don't, you will discover uh, a spell uh, of which that's pretty high percentage actually. So like you know, there's a lot of discover. So parrot is kind of safe. But if we go one step further than that, it is the meta in which, for example. You get a legendary pick, you can get like a nice solid legendary, or you can pick Phelan with only like two dredges. And you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, but th- that's a big win con, right? Like that's a huge, huge win con. Um, and that is very, very, very legitimate now. Um, two, two dredges has always been pretty legitimate with Phelan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, th- th- this is sort of like even more so. You're just like, 
Because before you were like, oh, you know, that's, ah, I can make it work. And now you're like, boom, done. Two dredges, Phelan, got this. Like, that's going to, you know, carry me for um, at least a solid two games, right? Um, and it, More importantly, if you, like, if you get offered Phelan and you get offered something like, I don't know, Ysera, you should probably just pick Phelan, even if you have no dredges if it's early. Because you can get dredges and then make it better. Yeah. Like, you have to draft into your ridiculous combos. Now, that's not mathematically correct from a perspective of, like, what are your chances to hit, what are your chances of whatever. But it becomes correct, theory goes. Um, and I think in practice, you can tell that the theory is at least carrying its own weight, if not just more correct than, like, a mathematical model where, where wins are linear, right? Because the theory is effectively that wins are not linear. If your deck is not good enough to a certain degree, like not basically if your deck is not ridiculous enough, then you're not going to win past a certain point. And so therefore, you don't have this linear, as my deck gets more powerful, I get more wins relationship. Instead, you have this curve, and you have to be on the efficient end of the curve, which alters how your expectations for drafting should be. So normally we would go on a linear expectations of more power equal more win. In fact, it's not even linear. It like has a limit, right? Limit being 12 wins. Because if you try to draft the deck, you can't consider, oh, but what if I get a deck that's so ridiculous that it'll get 20 wins? Because you can't get 20 wins. So you actually try to draft more conservatively than linear, especially like when you get too good. But now that's no longer the case, right? Either so limit at 12, but the curve is now no longer pretty linear and then goes conservative on top. The curve is now this like spike, not, not a spike. It's really hard to describe this uh, verbally, um, but let's just say the curve is now different in a way that you get a lot more value chasing stuff. And if you fail, you're in the same zone as if you never chase stuff at all, much more frequently than you were previously going to be. So, um, that's the drafting part of it. The playing part of it, I think uh, we've been we've been talking about it throughout, which is always that um, you gotta you can't just like put stuff out on tempo. You can't like fight for every inch unless you're hunter. Um, the the way to win is to do these big swings, right? Set up your later turns, go for your combos, try to figure out what you need to draw in order to complete your combos or flip the board, and what your chances are of doing that. Um, whenever you can. Uh, you make a lot of, like I was playing this Friday night and I had so many comments in chat that kept wanting to me to like make moves and so often by like turn 3 and turn 4 I was just like anti-tempoing or using my hero power or just doing like stuff that in most metas would have just been dumb because I'm not getting anything from it it's not like I'm actively setting up something I'm just like I don't want to use my resource now because it's pointless because this resource won't even get me anything if I use it now this may not be an important resource um but hey, if it hits this other card, all of a sudden this resource doubles. So I'm waiting on the chance that I don't use it now, I use it six turns from now, and it has double the value. Uh, whereas now, it's almost guaranteed to have almost no value, like even if I play it. So I'll just like hang the mana, or I'll play a three mana thing instead of two two mana things, uh, or a four mana thing, even though I have four mana. Um, it's just not, like none of that stuff is very important right now. What's important is setting up cohesive turns for later on and preventing your opponent from getting big swings on you. 
it's so much easier to swing back at your opponent if your opponent does something big and puts a bunch of stuff on their board than it is to swing back at your opponent when you had a big board and that gets wiped away and your opponent has something on the board, right? Like, because then your opponent isn't in that position. The advantageous position now is to have, like, one thing on your board. It's no longer to have, like, three things on your board. I think prior, the most advantageous position is to have about three things or two and a half things on your board. Now it's like to have one or half a thing on your board even. Um, because you're just so afraid of the flips. Um, and everything is about setup. So where is the skill in that? Um, right now there's a bunch of people who still don't set up as much as they should. But we're pretty soon going to race to the bottom, uh, if we haven't already, where everybody's just going to set up because that's... That's just the correct choice to play right now, right? No matter how you draft, that's the correct way to play. And when you, when everybody is set up, now you're raced to the bottom. Now you've eliminated, well, you haven't eliminated. You've, the skill impact becomes more clear, right? It, it, it shows more uh, because it becomes who had more score bids, whose score bids actually gave them the offering of these like good or synergistic uh, cards compared to cards that just happen to not synergize with what you have in your deck. Um, who's did it, right? Who's completely flopped and gave you 3 nothingness? Um, these are not very hard decisions to make, but they're super RNG. And they're RNG even after you drafted. I got no comment about that. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um... If you want to, like, read about just generally, like, drafting and playing in a more constructive way, I, I think Coast writes a lot of good stuff about uh, how to adapt more to the meta like this. Um, I think everybody is still in the process of adapting more and more to it. Um, and uh, it's just going to continue to go that way. I think on the drafting side, <clears throat> it's... I don't know if I fully buy into... I mean, they don't say it directly, but I don't think I fully buy into the idea that drafting, like, more than statistically, like, than the, than the linear curve uh, is, is the correct way to draft. Um, but it is certainly a way to draft now, and it definitely hasn't hurt these guys. Um, there's other people playing like them that have, like, lower, uh, lower win rates, of course. Um, um, but the uh, a high percentage of the people with the higher win rates play in a more constructive fashion. So I think at least definitely it's easier to high roll like that and it doesn't seem to be hurting the average. So um, on the playstyle why we've been talking about this from the beginning, right? We've been talking about this since before the meta even hit. This is what the standard meta is going to be. This is how you're going to have to play. On the drafting side, I don't know that I'm willing to go there yet um because it's it can get pretty aggressive if you're going to try to draft in a constructive manner um like we're talking about like ditching good cards for just pure synergy or like cards that would not be good if not for the synergy and doing so before you get the synergy in the early drafts um because after you get it, then that's not a different drafting style, right? Like, after you get the synergy, then that is the normal drafting style. Normal drafting styles always include synergies of cards you have because it's very easy to calculate. Like, you see it. <laughs> you know you already have a blood letter. Uh, you know how many blood letters you're expected to get. Um, so it's just about whether you draft over that for the really good cards that you would definitely pick if it showed up anyway. Um, okay. 
basically it. Look, I there's things I want to say, but it's just, just going to be duplicative of what I said last week in terms of the leaderboard. Okay, I have to say one thing. If you guys remember in 2017, eons ago, okay? Yeah, I was about to say, God, that's... I don't remember in 2017. What what was happening in 2017, Merz? Well, first of all, 2017, that, that, that's when... Uh, I got number one, and Dreads got number one. So this was this was a lifetime ago. Oh, but like ancient history. Ancient history. But that was also the time earlier on that year when they changed from your entire account getting averaged mm. uh, to just the the basically best consecutive thirty runs, and they actually listed the exact reasons that I and many others have listed recently. That is even more frustrating for me because this is the same company identifying these same things, but now for some reason they have reversed. They have reversed course. Is it because these reasons are not legitimate anymore? I certainly don't think so. Um, So to me, it just seems like, oh, we want this because it's more exciting or it is more fun or it is more... Look, you're no, t- it's not more exciting. It's not more exciting. I, I, what is exciting about somebody just going up there and then camping, which is what literally everyone is doing, except for PJ. Yes. Uh, and, and, well, no, but PJ is lowering his. PJ is lowering his average. Yes, PJ. And it wasn't very good to begin with. It, yes, look, PJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, your average was not great, um, and it, it's going down now. I have no doubt that you could do it once again. Uh, but you, you got to ditch that account. Like it, that, that account yeah, is not redeemable. You got to start fresh. If you care about that at all. So here's where we're at, right? Um, it, like the, the leaderboard is for the giga nerds. It truly is for the giga nerds, right? Let's, let's face it. Um, and the giga nerds care more about it. That's just true, right? And this is something we've talked about. If you have something in a game, that a lot that a, a group of people really care about and then other people who don't care about you do have to prioritize the people who really care about it more it's not everybody gets a vote here for something that everybody cares about equally yes everybody should get like the vote here here it's like why why are we doing this when you six years ago identified that we move away from this for the exact same reasons that we're talking about right now. That's what perplexes me. I have no idea. Is the live leaderboard better than not having anything or, or you know, arena dying? Of course it is. Of course it is. And I, I don't want that to get lost. I'm, I love all the work that's being done here. This thing just grinds my gears. Like I, I truly do not understand this decision and then incentivizing people to park their account or start a new account. We've seen it already. This isn't something which is like yeah. theoretically it could happen. No, Dreads well, theoretically parked we his said account. Once they announced how the leaderboard is done, yeah, and that was in theory only because it hasn't happened. It was one hundred percent going to happen. Coles parked his account as soon as someone. Yeah, uh, number one NA parked their account. Like you, you see it happening with these streamers. You see it happening with, and then like uh, Judge has like a separate tryhard account now. Um, we see people posting on Arena HS. Like th- this is happening. Right, so that's where we're at. This live leaderboard is a lot less live as well when you just have these parked accounts. Um, it truly is sort of uh, 
a live snapshot of where people are with separate accounts. That's, I promise you guys, I, I'm just going to end that topic right here because there's not more that has to be said about it. But I did want to bring up that like, look, it's not me bringing up these arguments now and they're not aware of it. This was their policy that they moved away from in 2017, listing the exact reasons that mm -hmm. I listed. But for some reason now, it's different. That's okay. all I'm going to say about so, it. That's it. Uh, okay, so we, we've said this for four Lightforges in a row now, ever since uh, we heard about how this, a leaderboard is done. Uh, because it's just it's inexplicable. Um, but it is really nice to have a live leaderboard. Um, I think I uh, appreciate it a lot more now than I did three weeks ago because I thought, oh, well, why am I going to look at this ever? Um, but it is pretty interesting to, to see the da data that would have been at the end of the year, uh, at the end of the season, come up immediately. And more importantly, I could like, like pass the top, right? Like the top doesn't really matter because the top is all parked account. But past the top, there's a lot of people where it's just like they're dedicated hardcore arena players and they're just playing, you know? They're not particularly concerned too much about the leaderboards, even though they might, you know, care and look at it and try to do their best and not like play like, you know, silly runs or whatever. But they're just kind of playing and you can kind of see what they're able to, to kind of get. And, um, and the answer is sadly that the best players who are just playing are around six wins. Um, so it is still useful and, and interesting, I think, um, to, to, to have this. Um, it's, it's definitely a lot better than like not having it, for example. Um, they do have to do something to it at some point in the very near future though. It's just this low-hanging fruit at this point that they went away from. I don't know, maybe there was a technical reason why they couldn't do it. Who knows? Um, but okay, that's it for us, I think. Um, we'll, a short episode, um, but we'll see you next week and hopefully there will be a, uh, uh, a offering rates update to talk about. But if not, we'll dig deeper into the meta without talking as much about leaderboards and whatever and actually give you some more concrete on the ground tips of uh of playstyle changes we've been general so far because the problem with trying to give specific tips is it has to be very card specific now right like the problem of giving tips and what is becoming more of a constructed meta um as uh, as coast says is that if you're really playing and drafting in the way of a constructed meta then you're doing it differently for every class super duper duper differently which means that we would just have to have like an episode on like well this is how you play mage next episode well this is how you play hunter uh so we're gonna we're gonna start doing that next week um just uh because uh the the general stuff you you already know you already know it's uh it's hold for the combos don't don't prioritize the board like try not to die but don't use resources like that really struck me that once i stopped using resources chat like a lot of people in chat actually just had an objection to it like they felt uncomfortable because they hadn't seen me do it much before this meta so when they see me do it in this meta they're like what are you doing that's not the right play and i'm like no no, no that is the right play this is not the old meta anymore right like this is how you play in this meta and so there is a big adjustment uh it's three weeks in uh, if you're like kind of casual in the arena maybe you haven't made that mental adjustment yet but a lot of times just 
be very comfortable being extremely inefficient with your mana if it like saves some resources. You're going to need those resources later. And it's doubly true if those resources somehow get better later on or can hit cards that make them into combos. Um, Alright. Until next week, this is Odwicta. This is Murp. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.